0: down in three two hey everyone welcome to another episode of vinylism and i'm your host adam Winchell. and as always we have
1: Kimo with us tonight yo i'm hanging out in the grass right now if you can't see in uh audio <laughs> land but uh yeah, i'm doing all right um struggling with my right foot a little bit but uh, i'm doing all right in general hey, you ran your foot over with uh some stuff Shopping cards yeah
0: yikes yeah, I'm glad you're feeling a little better. And yeah. we have uh, Kenny with us tonight, as always. How you doing, Kenny? I'm doing doing great. What's going on, guys? Happy to talk some tunes with you. <laughs> it's been a little while. We're getting trying to get back into it. So, uh, you know, we were trying to come up with ideas of things that we could do for episodes, and we were kind of looking at uh, albums that had come out when they'd come out. You know, anniversary stuff and. Can you you know what did you happen to see? We were talking about this a few weeks ago.
2: Well, I mean, I I think we were talking about stuff you know, things that were like twenty years, thirty years ago, just kind of reminiscent on, you know, some of the great music from the nineties, and like we just stumbled across, like we were, we were talking about this band here, Swerve Driver, stumbled across that their Ray's album came out thirty years ago. As of uh, September 30th, that just passed, and uh, we were just like, "Well, damn, there's a there's a good topic for us to to bring up and talk about." So yeah, we
0: pretty much had to do it because it's officially 30 years old now, which is just pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear this when it came out at all. I was didn't really know Swerve Driver that well at all in the 90s.
1: But uh, yeah, how did you guys
0: too. how did you guys kind of discover them?
1: I discovered them through friends that were into like just some Midwest rock stuff, but they, no. Ah, and I remember I'm having a brain fart. So Hum was supposed to tour with, or did tour with Sword Driver in 1997 or eight. And that was when Hum's van broke down and they called it a day and broke up. Oh, jeez. During, <laughs> during the subsequent tour. Damn. with swerve driver and that's how i was introduced to them
0: swerve driver broke up not long after that either so it wasn't really a good tour for either of them it sounds like
1: yeah
2: that's kind of towards the end because uh i i, I want to say swerve driver kind of called it a day like around ni- 1999 98 yeah. 99 somewhere around there so yeah that was kind of towards the end for them unfortunately until they got back together again and started making new music
0: yeah How'd you find out about them,
2: Kenny? Um, You know, the first time I heard about them was from uh, the the old uh, Road Rash video game.
0: Such a great game.
2: You know, they they had the song on there. Uh, I think it was was Last Train. Oh, was it Last Train? I think it was both. Maybe maybe it was. But uh, yeah, I really dug it. It was probably like my favorite song that was on the soundtrack on there from that game. And, and then I went out and got the Mezcal head CD at the time.
0: Now, for those who don't know road rash, you're basically on uh, a character on a motorcycle. It's like back view and you're basically like hitting dudes with chains that drive by, right. And
2: <laughs> trying to knock them off their bikes yeah. and stuff,
0: right. <laughs> they had a great hey,
2: soundtrack. It's pretty appropriate too, man. Cause the, the early days of uh, swerve driver, you know, they had quite a few drive-in and car, you know, road related tunes especially on on this album yeah so i would say it was pretty appropriate some good stuff that that was definitely that i mean that was my introduction to him and uh just uh dug it right away man i really got i got like i said the mezcal head cd was the first thing that i got from him and i just really dug it and uh yeah you know their their history as a band was kind of uh unfortunate we'll say as far as their record label issues and stuff like that so it was kind of like not much else happened after mezcal head unfortunately you know because uh you probably know they they did the uh ejector seat reservation um album and it basically never got released in the u.s when it was first recorded so that kind of sucked great
0: album too yeah and what the creation folded after that or the label? They they bombed um, soon after that, I think.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's basically uh yeah creation records who the was the label that they're on, like Oasis was was blowing up, you know, and this sort of um the sound that it in in the UK where they're from was kind of uh shifting away from from what Swerve Driver was doing and some of the bands that were from Swerve Driver's era a few years ahead of that, sort of getting more into that Oasis and Britpop kind of revival or whatever you want to call it, Britpop, alt rock kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so it's pretty unfortunate for them. It's like, they they basically got dropped like a week after the album came out in the UK. It just seems like, you know, (laughs) what the, you know, I, I just, what the hell is a record company doing? Like, if you you know, go to this trouble, put that put the album out, and then just you know drop the band after that. Like, I don't know. I'm it sure sucks, there's other man.
0: behind the scenes things happening. With you know, probably really dig into that. Maybe <clears> it was a ride album that they put out, the Creation, the label put out, and then like something like the next day they they folded as a label. Like I think I read that. i Have to dig it more into it, but
2: they had an interesting story like i was reading up a little bit about this stuff recently uh the guy alan mcgee is the guy that founded creation records and he's a pretty crazy dude like originally from from like scotland and uh you know kind of very like punk rock attitude kind of guy doesn't give a fuck and just does what he wants to do um but like basically uh the record label was going into debt, and so basically sold half of half of the company to Sony in the early '90s. At some point, I f- forget exactly what year that was, but so you know, come mid '90s, when I think when Ejector Seat Reservation would have come out, it would have probably been like '96, something Five, like think. that. You know, That's so advantage. Sony had a lot of control over Creation Records at that point, and mm. uh, you know, things were kind of what they were, you know, I think obviously Oasis was the top priority at that time. So, you know, money and hype and whatever promotion was going to them and some of these cool bands like Swerve Driver got kind of swept aside, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Right. Also kind of on the downslope at that point. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of an interesting story that I, I looked up too. is that, uh, Basically, they were friends. Uh, the guys in uh, Swerve Driver were friends with the guys from Ride, and Ride are the ones that got them signed. Basically, they sent a demo of their song "Son of Mustang Ford" to Alan McGee, and basically, the, the story goes: Alan McGee listened to it once, supposedly listened to it while he was cruising, you know, cruising down the highway in a limo in L.A., and basically loved it and signed a band on the spot right after that. And that was how they got their start.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Wow. Um,
0: nice. What is the background more of a uh, swerve driver? Did they actually start out as a Stooges cover band?
2: No, actually they uh, they had a band, um, they were, they were, uh, you know, uh, local band in oxford at the time then they had they were called shake appeal
0: yeah which is a stooges song (laughs)
2: It was yeah it was named after that but i don't think they were playing stooges covers i think they just were inspired by the stooges among other bands and uh you know they basically decided that they kind of wanted to change the name and apparently they had uh tried a bunch of different things. They played some shows under under different assumed names. They would pick a different name for every gig. And I'm not sure how they eventually had settled on Swerve Driver. But apparently they played as Roller Coaster. They, they played as Junk one time and somehow they settled on Swerve Driver. Nice. Uh,
1: they did reunite in I guess 2008. And that's when there's a revival for sword driver. And I saw them at the Fonda Casbahs, And then they toured more and they release more records. Yeah. A few more albums. I think we
0: were all, all three at that show. I know Kenny and I went together. We didn't know you at the time chemo, but Mm -hmm. another one of those shows I'm sure we were all at that. We didn't know (laughs) the time, but yeah. That was my uh, first exposure to them, really. I didn't know their stuff that well. I was just starting to get into them at that time, and I think I heard Mezcal head through Kenny, and not quite sure how I got turned on to them. Besides, like you, Kenny, I knew some of their stuff from the Road Rash PlayStation 1 game. I used to play that in college a bit. It's a classic. But, uh, yeah, it's when I started digging into their stuff, and they did those reissues. Those great reissues in 08 on CD with uh, the, all the bonus tracks yeah you know you have that right you have Rays.
1: yeah the Pack.
0: yeah i got all uh, of those for all three the first three albums
2: i only got because yeah, they had a couple yeah they had a couple of eps that they had recorded you know in their in their early days and so you know, i guess gave them a chance to put out some of those tunes or sort of well, refresh people's those songs ears. were actually
0: on ended up being on Rays, the early ep stuff Really? So, yeah, let's dig into this album. Uh, I think that's what we're all here for. The main course, Rays uh, released in 1991, late September. And I have the Music on Vinyl uh, Transparent Red numbered reissue from 2018. And it's limited edition of 2,500 copies. I have copy 1,662. Ken, you have this one too, right?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got the same one. I don't know what, don't number, know what number it is. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, yeah, me too. From the same reissue.
0: I really like how this reissue sounds. It sounds, I think, it sounds pretty great. Uh, I was just only knew the CD before then, the twenty eight or the two thousand eight reissue. So,
2: did they remaster it uh, for vinyl for this yeah, release? Not. Like, no. Not. Are we sure about that? Didn't I see
1: RM about. on discogs, but it's it's through. I don't think they did remaster it. It doesn't say
0: anything on here about
1: being remastered. There so. there are out of the thirty six releases, uh, there is. I see RM a few times, but I don't think think it was a legitimate uh, release We're not sanctioned or I'm not sure because I mean 30 years I mean I, you would think that they would do a remaster but I guess I don't know maybe they don't have access to the tapes or it did didn't really want to get
0: uh, reissued at all from 91 until 2008 yeah so and then once again in an 11 and then to 18 so this is interesting Uh the early the original release had a bonus seven inch with two extra tracks that weren't on the album, one called surf twang and one called deep twang. I know deep twang is another version, maybe a demo version of the song deep seat on here. But uh, what would you guys say? Is, like some of your favorite tracks on here. I mean, it's a pretty short, it's only nine songs, but it's, you know, I think it def- like a road trip definitely feels like an Epic journey.
1: Man, nothing short of, almost all the songs are at least like a little less than five five minutes few of them are one six minutes yeah it's i really enjoy listening to son of mustang ford that's my favorite track
2: yeah it's a classic i mean i like the the opening track side flyer too yeah and rave down it's another one pile Uh, up yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a brief album, man. I mean, you know, they're they're all pretty good, I gotta say. For
1: a there's, debut record,
2: I would yeah, say really it's good
0: for,
1: an outstanding record.
0: Really good for a debut, and there's not much fat on here either in the nine songs. Yeah, I mean, the last track, "Lead Me Where You Dare," is kind of jam- like a jammy outro, but it's great. It's Like such a cool, like, yeah.
2: Which apparently they never played that track live until they did the reunion tours when they played the entire album. Oh, apparently yeah. They'd only recorded it in the studio the one time and they never, never played that live.
0: I didn't know that. It's
2: great. For all those years.
0: So we saw them again. When was that? We were just talking about before we started recording uh, 2018, maybe, show with the Teragram out here, where they were getting yeah. raised completely. Rays and Mezcal was Rays and Mezcal had it. I'm like, that was such yeah. a good show. God. Yeah,
1: just fantastic. to see
0: the, the guitar interplay between Adam Franklin and Jimmy Hartridge was just like so great to see up close. Just love it. I live for that kind of stuff. It's like, it was so good. What's your favorite? So you, you mentioned a couple on here. I'm going to mention a couple. I love Deep Seat, which is the closing mm-hmm. track on the LP on the
2: side one.
1: This is
0: good like deep kind of groove like kind of interesting chord progression kind of leaves you like you know not guessing but like i know it's just kind of shifting all the time great track i love sandblasted too i love the energy of that Track on the second side, so there's no real dud on here. I mean, all these songs kind of fit the you know fit part of the whole.
2: I wonder. Oh, go ahead, Ken. That's it's. uh, They just had they have like a really uh, interesting mix of of styles and sounds on here, which you know was I think pretty unique at the time you know um basically it's like sure there was there's a little bit of grungy elements to to it with some of what was going on at the time but there was also like some some sort of uh more i don't know garage rock and other kinds of things like from like like the sort of late 80s stuff in there like recalls i was listening to this recently like i was feeling like the song pile up uh kind of made me think of like bands like like husker do and replacements and stuff like that like with some of the some of the kind of like wall of guitar sort of rootsy sound in there but then they they always like to mix in that like swirly guitars and fuzz guitars kicking on and off and that kind of stuff so pretty pretty interesting stuff i could see how like labels kind of didn't really know exactly what to do with them at the time
0: it's a good way to put it it's like Kind of garage and punk meets like wall of sound guitars which kind of became parts of like the shoegaze sound i know like you know there's a lot of dispute on what shoegaze is or who constitutes shoegaze they were kind of more of a, the aggressive side yeah. of it probably you know the more rocking
2: yeah they they apparently you know they got lumped into that because some of the bands that were their peers on creation records were in in that vibe but At the time, they kind of hated being called shoegaze. They thought it was kind of, you know, bullshit and didn't really fit what they were all about. But it was just, you know, felt like somebody had to put a label on them. And so they just got stuck with that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Adam is kind of adamant about the whole label of shoegaze. I have to note, uh, I think Shiner might have, Named the same song Andalusia, which is a B side on uh rays.
0: Yeah. But it's
1: spelled differently with a C instead of an S. That's I, on... that could that could be a uh that's on uh the egg. Right, yeah. But it's like a I don't know, maybe an homage to uh Sword Driver possibly. Could be. I have to ask Alan. Uh, what were some of the bonus tracks on that? Hands, yeah. Andalusia, Kill the Superheroes, and Over.
0: Kill the Superheroes is a great track. Mm-hmm. I only wish they had gotten Volcano Trash on there. That's a great early song. <clears throat> it's kind of hard to find too. I've only found like an old, like a live B side or like a live version of it. It's Great, real punky energy. Like you know, you can kind of see where they came from listening to the really early stuff like that, and they kind of melded it with these heavy guitars and really layered like approach to really dense you know have hmm. kind of approached the arrangements of the songs is that on juggernaut rides it might be yeah i need to dig that cd back out yeah the double cd up. yeah it's kind yeah, of invaluable man. man because it's got a bunch of tracks that didn't really show up on anything else yeah i'll have to look that song up for a while i was grabbing some of the singles i found at uh, amoeba some of them Swerve Driver singles—they would have songs that couldn't really find anywhere else. You know, back in the nineties.
1: Nineties was the heyday for CD singles and B-sides. Yeah.
0: So you're like frantically frantically tracking all this stuff down. I bet you couldn't find it on streaming, even maybe on YouTube, probably somewhere, but not on some of those other Mm -hmm. streaming services that I'm not going to name. Yeah. But uh,
2: I did. You know, spent uh, my fair share of time going through the stacks at Amoeba and places like that. Like, you know, I I always loved music that was a little bit off of the beaten path, you know, kind of a little bit subversive or non-mainstream or whatever. And so, unfortunately, a band like Swerve Driver that may have deserved better, you'd find their stuff for dirt cheap in the stacks at like uh, Amoeba or Moby Moby Disc or any of these other like used CD places. Aaron's Records, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty,
0: com- pretty common, you know. I mean, stuff's not exactly the the, the main albums probably aren't super rare. Or at least they aren't now after the reissues. But yeah, that's cool. Where should people go uh, after they've heard this one in the Swerve Driver catalog or otherwise? After Raise, yeah.
1: Manscule. Cool. I
2: mean, Where else, man? Go you got to go. Got to follow the progression, man. <laughs> I was thinking That's like, I would do.
0: You know, anything's fair game. I was thinking like Adam Franklin's first solo album, "Bolts of Melody." It's not quite as like heavy as this, but you know, it has some of that vibe. It's a good. I would one. go in order
1: with with the releases, and then get into the solo stuff. But uh, uh the albums after reuniting our great two future ruins
0: and i wasn't born to lose you yeah pretty good i've yeah, liked I everything they've done really
2: exactly their catalog isn't that that huge it's not like um, they're the rolling stones or something or you know paul mccartney with 50 albums out you know so i'd say get get them all you know i mean i i kind of like i agree with what Kimo's saying like kind of like start from the beginning and work your way through it cuz they're they're one of those bands that kind of did a little something different each time especially the early albums um where you know the the first four albums you know i mean they they really kind of progressed and experimented and tried different things each album kind of was its own journey so definitely kind of got to check them all i mean for that groove though like the early obviously the first two albums were kind of like the heaviest as far as like you know the rocking driving kind of stuff um so like i mean you can't beat mezcal for that um and uh was kind of like in, in a lot of ways the mezcal head album was sort of a progression from the first one of doing kind of expanding on the experimentation and, and the layers of guitars and just kind of stepping up the production and notch and all that, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's really a shame that that ejector seat got tanked the way it did, you know, cause, uh, they were all set to basically take off, you know, get expand their base and get bigger at that time. So. Didn't
0: they tour with Soundgarden at one point?
2: I think they did. I think they did play some shows opening for Soundgarden.
0: I want to say Monster Magnet, too. Maybe it was in that triple. it would be hell of a bill, huh? Wow.
2: Yeah. I know they, they did a tour opening for uh, the Smashing Pumpkins, too. That's
0: right,
1: yeah.
2: Adam's come through
1: and on his solo album during Bolts of Melody and toured with Life and Times.
0: Okay, I saw him at uh, Former Space Land once by himself he wasn't with life and time or midwest time,
1: He's, midwest was got uh, life and times as openers but yeah.
0: I, i've seen adam several times i've seen swerve driver several times and hopefully i'll see him several more times they it's never a bad show it's always great it's
2: mm-hmm. always a
0: good vibe um definitely one of my favorite bands of all
2: time very glad to have discovered them likewise yeah i was just looking up so after the uh they they toured with soundgarden um after the rays album came out so somewhere around 91 92 the, when they when they were playing with uh did, did a u.s tour supporting soundgarden it was kind of the first though. reshuffling of the band that basically after shortly after that tour um essentially the rhythm section left <laughs> and, uh, that was kind of the first time, first time they had to sort of rebuild.
0: Hasn't it always kind of been, Adam Franklin and Jimmy Hartridge, with like you said, kind of a revolving door of, I think it was a different, yeah. it was a different lineup on Mezcal. I think even.
2: Those yeah. They've always been
0: the core. They've
2: been the core. I mean, the, the original, uh, you know, they, they started off, um, before they, before they were even swerve driver, um, Adam Franklin's brother was in the band. I think he, Adam Franklin's brother, I think, was even the original singer. And so after, after he split, um, this is when when Adam first started singing. And it was kind of an adjustment for him. Like, he, he wasn't used to doing that. So it's kind of interesting. With
0: the dreads. I was gonna say back <laughs> when Adam had his dreads, like during this time, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <sighs> I can't imagine seeing both them and Soundgarden pretty much in their prime in their prime back then. It's...
1: 91 would have been louder than love. Probably was it out. Yeah. Or was that 89? I forget when, when it came out, but
0: right before Bad Motorfinger, anyway. So yeah. close to it, but
1: that would have been a Tremendous concert
0: to attend. Well, I mean, you guys, you know, you guys know you had that kind of stuff back then, all these kind of great bands playing with each other, touring.
2: I think people are appreciating it. You know, it's part of uh, why they're keeping on doing what they're doing now. Because there's a lot of people that even the, you know, younger Younger kids out there, and young adults, and people that that weren't weren't alive or weren't of club age or whatever in the day, you know, they're they're hearing some of this stuff and and embracing it, and uh, it's pretty cool, you know. There's like obviously we've seen Swerve Driver play with Failure as another band like that where like they've sort of got this second wave of fans discovering them and appreciating what they did in some ways appreciating it even more than they were appreciated in their, in their heyday.
0: Just took 20 years or so. Yeah. (laughs) Let's
2: do it. I think it's kind of, you know, it's it's, says something about the band and the music they created that it still holds up and it's still relevant and still meaningful to people. Now, as you think of, music out there, there's lots of music that doesn't hold up where maybe it was popular for a short time and now you're like, who gives a crap? Like Nobody wants to hear that anymore.
0: It's true. And the stuff they're doing now, I have to say, both bands we just mentioned is uh, pretty great. I like a lot of their new stuff still.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> Failures supposedly working on a new one. Haven't haven't seen any updates of when that's supposed to be out yet. Was but. there
0: supposed to be an announcement coming? Has anyone heard the announcements that?
1: coming is pending right now, yeah. Okay.
0: Well. They but they talking, did they're
1: teasing they're teasing us right now.
0: Yeah, I think uh what Ken Andrews talked on Alan Epley's podcast about Philly was working on something. So
1: Yeah, they been they were recording drums like maybe last maybe half a year ago. So I don't know if if it was like all drum tracking or whatnot but they had a sign saying like we're leave us alone we're recording right now as
0: long as they stay away from pledge music this time it'll be yeah it'll be great <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, swerve driver raise definitely check it out check out all their albums check out all of Adam alan franklin stuff and you won't be disappointed it's some of the best rock in the last 30 years i think easily uh, another thing we were kind of looking at and talking about uh, before we started recording was uh, the upcoming, the upcoming uh, record store Black Friday
1: yes. special releases.
0: Yeah, I kind of lobbed a uh, a soft, not a softball. What the hell am I trying to say? I, I lobbed like a you know curveball at you guys about this that we haven't really looked at the list yet, but just glancing at it, do you guys see anything that you want to venture out?
1: i'm not venturing out for anything from black friday this friday or this coming uh, black friday because it's just rehash stuff i mean from past and just putting it out for vinyl hoarders like me (laughs) yeah yeah
0: uh one point go ahead go ahead
2: I haven't had that much time to look through it, so I'm actually browsing through the list right now as, as we talk to take a look at look at what's on here. I'd get Saigon Kick,
1: the <laughs> Lizard. I would get it. I, I, I enjoyed that record back in the day. What was the single? Was it Love is on the Way or something? Yeah.
0: God, I remember that.
1: Love is on yeah. the way. Black and white
0: video. Yep. <laughs> uh, one thing I pointed yeah. out was uh, Rob Dickinson's First and only solo album, I think. When did that come out, Kenny? Like, 05 or something? You had this. You had the CD. Uh,
2: yeah, somewhere in the early 2000s. Can't remember. I have to look it up. It
0: got re-released but, a couple times, but called Fresh Wine, from the Horse, Fresh Wine for the Horses. And, of course, Rob Dickinson is the man for Catherine Wheel.
2: Yeah, another off-overlooked early 90s band that should have been bigger than they were. Yeah and of course we're we're huge fans of them as well um yeah you and i went and saw him uh play when he did a tour for that album right that was uh at uh oh god what the heck was that what, what did they call that club man uh
0: it wasn't bootleg theater or something was it
2: no it was a smaller the smaller place uh i'm having a brain fart right now this place right, right right across from the whiskey like uh Viper Viper Room, that's it. I was thinking like this, it was called the Central, like Central Station, like before the Viper Room. Like, I could I think of it. Yeah. It was at the Viper Room. Yeah, I don't really little remember little intimate that. place. I don't really um, remember seeing that. I mean, I thought it was good, I'm sure, but
0: yeah, I totally forgot yeah. about that.
2: I was noticing on here, Adam, I know you, you like uh, the weird stuff sometimes, John Carpenter's Ghost yeah. of Mars soundtrack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wouldn't be the one I'd want to grab, but I did notice that. Carpenter is a rock star now, <laughs> with tons Old of albums. P- rock star. <laughs> um. Yeah, I point out Miles Davis live, Evil, great double live LP.
1: Probably That's unaffordable a- too. There's ten thousand of them, so. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'd be able to get it, but yeah, I mean. They're going to put them as record store day prices, though.
0: Yeah. Hendrix, Hendrix Experience, Paris 67. Iron Maiden, is this a self titled or something? It says it's a picture disc.
1: Senkutso, whatever the fuck the name of the album is called.
0: <laughs> it's their debut, 40th anniversary. picture. Oh, disc.
1: shit. Never mind. That's a debut? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys want this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd only get Seventh Son uh, of a Seventh Son. That's like my only
2: favorite Iron Wing record. You know, the early Maiden was was great. I can't say I've listened to too much of them in a very long time. Peace of Mind is a classic. I've got a real crappy vinyl copy of, of Peace of Mind.
0: Yeah. Here you go, Mr. Big. Lean into it.
1: Lean on this. <laughs> <laughs> we we talked
0: about the, the Pucifer uh, 7 inch, two tracks from the Live at the Mayan Theater. Is that the thing they filmed? That was no, Arcansante. No.
1: Yeah, Arcansante is what we saw. Yeah. kind of pass. I
0: probably won't venture out for this one. Of course, we've skipped the last few record store day things they've done. So I don't know where we're all kind of at with that. It's just kind of.
1: It's
0: a weird time with COVID and, you know, blah, blah, blah.
2: You got to see something good on here, you know. I mean, some of the stuff Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears. I would really actually like not, that Ozzy album. It's not one of my favorite Ozzy albums, but it's
0: kind of yeah. what I grew up with.
1: Zach Wilde's annoying, trilling, but uh,
2: harmonic vibrato notes. <laughs> yeah, I get you know. I got to say, I'm definitely. I'm more a fan of the Randy Rhodes and Jakey Lee days of Ozzy than the Zack Wilde mm. era.
1: Yeah, I agree. But well, I do like that No More Tears album, though.
0: There's some good stuff on there. I actually bought No More Tears and Alice in Chains' Dirt on tape at the same time. I was super excited about the Ozzy because it had like all these singles, but I ended up listening to Dirt way more, so... <laughs> it's the beginning of my love for Alice in Chains. But yeah, uh, Record Store Day, Black Friday. Get out and support your local record stores, the ones that participate.
1: And uh, Did anyone hear about Adele holding up all the pressing plants? They're supposed to print like 500,000 copies of her new album. Did you and I talk like about
0: this? You like I think we her. did. Yeah. I
1: think we should mention that. That's going to hold up a lot <laughs> of pressing plants or just production of other albums half a million of her, yeah. her
2: really that's that's some that's some bogus shit how much
0: do they usually Man, press for how people? much of the
2: people that i mean it's not my kind of music i get that there's millions of fans that love adele but probably most of those fans i'm guessing are not vinyl collectors or listeners be just happy enough to stream that shit
0: are they really going to sell half or a half a million vinyl versions of that album? I mean, they might. Just well, a lot of fans. But.
2: <clears throat> I know that I've I basically got a bunch of pre orders that I'm waiting on that are back ordered. Be- who knows if it's because of that? You know, um, <coughs> Adele. <laughs> um, Adele. But, you know, uh, like I've got a few things I ordered from Ripple Music and they've sent out uh, notices saying things are just backlogged. Mm. And, it's kind of is how it's been so you kind of just have to accept that these days seems like time for somebody to build some more pressing plants i mean yeah,
0: are yeah. there there a
2: couple in the, in america at all or are they it's all not overseas? too many of them rainbow burned down
0: right yeah we we're talking about that yeah. they might all be in europe now then
2: uh, a lot of them are yeah
0: something we could talk about maybe on a future. We have some things coming up pretty exciting. about. Uh,
2: we're talking we should about. Kickstarter for people to give us money to build a pressing plant here. and We'll just get that uh make your own uh, records at can... home thing. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What
0: happened? Did anyone yeah, buy that, that thing? That thing was
2: great. It was like a thousand bucks. But uh, it, I mean, it seemed pretty cool. But Can't you only a million of those. Bro, it seemed pretty cool. You can only do 10 inch uh vinyl though. They, I don't know why they couldn't make it
0: 12 yeah, yeah it's weird
2: so probably the would be arc, a little limiting like you have to basically do double 10 inch vinyl that fit like one single 12 inch
0: well that as a segue that reminds me of originally when kid a Radiohead's kid a was released it was a was it a double 10 inch uh chemo do you know do you yep. have it
1: yeah i do have it so and Amnesi-
0: Act too where they're both 10 inch so we did a show chemo and I, i think last year about the 30th anniversary of kid a and it didn't seem like they were going to do anything for it uh it had just had just come and gone but they have finally come out with uh kid amnesia is that am i saying it right i guess yeah <laughs> you're like i guess whatever uh it's both kid amnesiac and a bonus disc of like 30 minutes of some unheard they want to be one or two or unheard songs and some screwing around
1: i think it's more like screwing around because Some of those tracks are already recorded. Uh, I mean, they have the tracks, the strings for how to disappear
0: Mm -hmm. into strings. Pretty cool to hear that. It sounds nice,
1: isolated, but, yeah, I mean, I like to hear like some of the other songs that they release as B-sides.
0: Well, everyone was complaining they didn't include any B-sides on the vinyl release. Just a few, just some
1: unreleased songs. It was on the
0: Japanese tape, I guess, had like five sides anyway don't get me started on that but like <laughs> um it was very short just like what 30 minutes of like bonus crap like the new songs are pretty like one of them i really like a lot if you say the word but um i feel like they could have done a lot more for this release i'm glad they did something but i kind of i passed on that kid in uga just because i already have the 2016 xl reissues that were not 10 inch but double lp and Kid A, or no, Amnesiac was 45 RPM. So they've now squeezed both records on single, you know, um, LPs on a yeah. single LPs. Yeah. And I've heard all kinds of complaints about like, you know, in a groove to dic- or, uh, in a groove distortion and, you know, just noise pops, the usual kind of, uh, QC issues of new vinyl, but you know, I'd kind of like to have it, it look like a kind of a cool package, but I passed on that one, but, um, uh, Yeah, great albums. Also, twenty years old now. So,
2: yeah, it kind of makes you feel old, doesn't it? Like thinking about like (laughs) some of this great music. You know, uh, it's hard to believe that much time's passed.
0: Doesn't seem like twenty years, but when you think about it, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that was like twenty years. But yeah, still remember buying Kid A when it came out. So on CD. Yep. Do uh, you guys have anything else you want to mention that you have any new purchases, anything you've been checking out? Do some brief uh, brief recommendations. Ex- we- oh, go ahead, Kimo.
1: I'm excited for Moontooth. They just released a single, and uh, it sounds awesome. It's pretty heavy and up there with The Rock. So I guess they'll be releasing something tentatively soon.
0: I don't know Moon Tooth.
1: I played Moontooth at one of our record parties. Okay. I think at your place was the last time I played it. It's their latest release, Crux. When's that
2: coming out? The the new one?
1: Uh it's tentative. Uh they just released a new single like last week. So, so pr-
2: probably like early 2022 then, January. Probably or, yeah. like, sooner. I don't
1: know about that, but perhaps, yeah. Well, i'm well, looking forward to it once sorry to
0: interrupt but once again the big news that porcupine tree has gotten mostly back together and have something coming out next year and the pre-orders are going up and people are pretty excited so it's been what 10 12 years since we've had any new porcupine tree since they kind of since Stephen wilson went solo uh
2: something something like that Oh, nine, i think yeah so it's coming last like what is it June or July of 22 is uh 2022 is when that new album is slated for release. Yeah, so you there, have the one track out already. Which I really liked
0: what I heard, so I'm going to have to get that, I think. I know the there's various colored editions of the vinyl. It's already some very sold out. Uh for those of you wondering what we're talking about, it's called what? Continuation or Closure Continuation. Something uh, like
2: that. Something. Something like that. <laughs> That's like
0: that's what I'm looking forward to next year. Kenny, uh, you got any new stuff you want to mention?
2: Um, well, I got a couple of, uh, uh few new things that I've ordered that uh, basically the albums are out, but I haven't got the vinyl yet that I'm waiting on. Um, one is uh 12 foot ninja. Their album came out uh, last month. It's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty interesting out there. It's, so like they're heavy rock but they kind of mixed in like some more synthesizers and some weird stuff in there. Mm. Um great album that I I pre-ordered the vinyl but they they said the vinyl's not going to be ready until like uh January I think at least. Um then uh another one is uh the band Cranium who uh I've got two of their previous records. That one just came out a couple weeks back too but not sure when the vinyl is gonna be here. I pre-ordered that one. Um and another band. Well, two bands actually. So I think I got like four records that are on the uh back order. Thanks. Adele. Um Adele. Dr. Smoke and High Desert Queen that are releases uh from Ripple Music. And uh Stoner. <laughs> Some uh, some great stuff. The, the albums are out, so the music's out. We got the digital copies, but waiting on the vinyl of those.
1: Nice. We gotta some. hijack those pressing plants back.
0: I mean, the amount of uh, you know vinyl, vinyl everyone's trying to press now is like it's gonna create a backlog. It's got to. And...
2: Oh yeah, one more. I just I forgot. I got so much back ordered, pre ordered shit. Uh, King Buffalo. Has a new one coming out, and uh, I pre-ordered that. Um, I think I think it's supposed to be out in December. Uh, I'd have to look up the date, like middle December, early December.
0: Were they putting out like three or four in a year or something?
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be that quite that quick, but yeah, I mean they're pretty prolific. I mean their last album, um, "The Burden of Restlessness," what came out in. April something of this year something like, like that they had said they were gonna do like three albums this year but i don't I'm not sure they're gonna have three in 2021 but probably I'm, i i wouldn't be surprised that uh they put out a third one like mid 2022
0: all right well uh we covered some good ground here on this one uh we have some things planned for some upcoming episodes so we'll probably be back before the end of the year to do our guys are our third annual or fourth annual best records of the year. Something, Something like that. that. Something like that. But uh yeah. be looking out for that. We're, we're busily making those lists now and losing sleep over that, trying to decide <laughs> what our top five are going to be.
2: Yeah. yeah we we'll have to have to whittle uh, it down. Actually a lot of music came out this year. A lot of music, but.
0: Eh, spoiler i'm gonna have a hard time coming up with five but that's just me so but yeah look for that one soon and uh yeah good one guys thanks for
2: uh thanks for coming out for another podcast it was a good time yeah good always good chatting with you guys remember the rules don't drink and drop don't drink and drop a needle and keep spinning
0: Later, everyone. Right, Goodbye.